Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Born in the Rockies, Coors Light is lagered cold for a crisp, clean taste. Filtered cold to ensure clarity and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve the world's most refreshing beer. Welcome to the Hawks Talk Podcast, brought to you by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. With Steve Conroy, I am Pat Boyle. Steve, the Hawks losing skid reaches eight on Monday. They do get a point in Carolina. Uh, A lot has gone on in the last week, from the coaching change to now this this road trip. Um, How do you kind of assess where they're at psyche-wise? Well, they're, they're not in a real good place, although I think that point they earned tonight against Carolina, the overtime loss, was huge. Um, you know, anytime you lose seven games in a row, eight games in a row now, it's never good. And you just think it's never going to end. And, and I'll go back to something Duncan Keith said a couple of games ago. It's starting to affect their confidence, and you can see why. Because they're playing well. Uh, in fact, they're, they're, they're maybe playing well enough to be winning hockey games, but it's one or two mistakes that cost them, and uh, they end up losing. So, you know, tonight it's the, it's the penalty kill, which hadn't been that much of a sore spot, really, although they're not ranked very high coming in. I think they're ranked 26th or 27th in the NHL. Um, they're probably going to drop after this. But uh, that's, that's the thing with losing streaks. It, it's always something. It, it, it's, it's costly turnovers. It's a bad power play. It's a leaky penalty kill. Uh, it's face-offs. Poor, face-offs. Uh, and, and, you know, normally it's goaltending. And I look back at these last half dozen losses, and it certainly hasn't been the goaltending. The goalies have been uh, doing what they're supposed to do. It's mostly been lack of offense, and then tonight it was uh, special teams. You know, it's funny, too, when you look at the save percentage for both Corey and Cam, 901 for Corey and, uh, like, 887 for Ward entering Monday night's game and his return to Raleigh. Nothing spectacular when you no. look at that. But again, like you said, really no soft goals. It kind of it, it it speaks to the quality of shots and chances that the opposition is getting. On Monday night, it was special teams, a perfect two for two on the power play mm-hmm. uh, from Carolina's perspective. First one, cleanest draw, you're gonna win. Tavo Taravana puts it in the back of the net. The second one, the Aho goal, um, just uh, you know, kind of a good uh, or wasn't the Aho goal? He Furland. sets up uh, Furland, yeah, Furland. Yeah. Uh, Spechnikov fights off the check, I should say, on the Furland goal. Yeah, you know, when you when you look at a game in the rearview mirror, you you never know when the turning point is going to be. And I really think the turning point in this game, and you kind of touched on it, was the lost draw on that on that penalty kill. And and it was also a bad penalty by Brent Seabrook. Let's not let him off the hook. Delay of game shouldn't happen. He puts his team shorthanded. Uh, you know, to that point, they'd been, uh, you know, pretty much controlling the game. You know, 2 nothing. Uh, that's pretty comfortable on the road. And then all of a sudden you take uh, a bad penalty, a preventable penalty, puts your team shorthanded, and they score on it right away. So um, you've got to win draws. That's a big part of hockey. 
And if you lose draws, you got to make sure you block the shot coming in. And they did neither of those. And then, as you mentioned, the second goal by Furlan, just a great individual effort by Svechnikov. Um, you know, it, it's got to the point now where you've got to just go out there and, it, you know, before the game starts, you can't think of the outcome. You can't think of we got to win this game. It's we go out there and you win the next shift. And you really have to break the game down uh, into small little pieces because I think it can become overwhelming uh, for a player. You know, you lose eight in a row. You never know when it's going to end. Just go out there and win your next shift, and chances are by the end of the game uh, you'll have won the 60 minutes. They decided, the Hawks did, to go with uh, Taves and Kane on the same line. They were out there with Schmaltz on Monday night. Uh, look, they needed something. Coming in, they only had 12 goals over the last seven games. Uh, they get the two tallies on this night, one from that line. Do you, do you think we'll see Taves and Kane together again on Wednesday night against St. Louis? Uh, well, just judge, judging by the performance, I would think so because, you know, they end up with 11 shots, and I think of all the lines, that was the most shots uh, any line generated. It seemed like every time they were on the ice, uh, good things were happening. Um, you know, they weren't getting bogged down in their own zone a lot, and a lot of that has to do with Jonathan Taves being the centerman out there, you know, helping out down low. Uh, the only thing, and we talked about it in the postgame show, I'd like to see Nick Schmaltz take a little more you know, responsibility, be a little greedier with the puck and start shooting it a little more. I know there's a couple times that he was in prime scoring real estate and he's looking for 88. Uh, you got to shoot. I mean, if Kane's open and he thinks he should have the puck, he'll be yelling for it. Don't be looking for him. You know, Patrick Kane's the kind of guy who's vocal on the ice. If, you see, if you're in a good enough position to, to get a shot, take it. Because, you know, that's the thing about the NHL today is it's, you know, Good shots are, are fewer and far between now because guys are, everyone's blocking shots. It's not just defensemen, it's forwards. There's layers to the net. If you get an opportunity where you're looking at the goalie, get the shot, and, and good things happen. Whenever you shoot the puck, good things happen. If, it's, if it doesn't go in by itself, there's always a rebound. There's a chance for a, a screen or a deflection. Um, but I think that's one thing that I'd like to see from that line is a little more greediness from Nick Schmaltz and, and be a shooter. So it's funny. We see Kane and Taves together five on five, but this game goes to overtime, three on three hockey. It's the first time in a long time we haven't seen Kane and Taves uh, start mm -hmm. together with, say, a Duncan Keith. Uh, on Monday night, it was Taves, Schmaltz, and Keith that started. And then the second unit was Kampf, Kane, and Seabrook. Uh, your thoughts just uh, how Jeremy Colleton kind of maneuvered the two units to start the three-on-three? -three. Well, listen, nobody knows this team like the coach behind the bench. He, he's got the pulse better than, uh, than any of us prognosticators. So uh, I'm not going to question what he did. Uh, you know, obviously he thought Nick Schmaltz showed some pretty good chemistry out there with Kane. They played together uh, this whole game, and, and he liked what he saw. Um, I, I think with Camp going out there in the second unit, he had a defensive draw. Yeah. And, you know, I looked at the numbers, and Nisimov was 1-6 in the faceoff circle. So uh, he was miserable winning faceoffs. You don't want to lose a faceoff in your own zone when it's 3-on-3. Three three. So he puts David Kampf out there. That's fine. We kind of talked about it. It's like, well, what's Kampf doing out there? Then we realize, okay, defensive draw. But I think as soon as the draw is won, you know, and it, the puck comes up the ice, I'd like to see David Kampf get off. And I'd like to see Alex Dabrinkit come on because, uh, you know, Alex Dabrinkit, not only had he scored a, game, uh, scored a goal in the game, but he has unbelievable chemistry with, uh, with Patrick Kane. So, um, you know, that's maybe the one knock. And, you know, Brent Seabrook being out there, listen, he's been in high-pressure situations before. You know, Yoki Haru and uh, both Yoki Haru and Gustafson, Gustafson had more time on ice than, than both uh, Keith and Seabrook. But in a pressure-filled situation like that, 
I don't mind Colleton going with his uh, seasoned vets. Brent Seabrook's out there. Uh, he makes great defensive plays. Unfortunately, on this night, on this play, he did not. Uh, Aho is uh, is a pretty good offensive player, and he faked him out, got him on the ground, and and beat the goaltender too. So you know, I, I think the short answer to this should be, listen, trust the coach. He knows what he's doing out there. David Camp, and he talked about it after the game, uh, was playing well offensively. And I don't think he had any intention of pulling him off the ice. I think he wanted him to stay out there with Kane and saw what happened. One of the other lines that stood out uh, when we were watching the game was the Debrinket Camp and Cahoon line. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw from that group, the, uh, the third line. And, you know, Sharpie made the point of uh, Debrinket did most of his damage last year. Uh, from a third-line role, mm-hmm. you see uh, lesser defensive pairings in theory and uh, can get you going a little bit there. And, and maybe, that was, uh, you know, maybe that was part of the reason why we saw Dabrinkit uh, get that goal midway through the second period. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm going to give some credit, too, to Camp and Cahoon because both of those guys are, are two of the speedier guys uh, on this hockey team, uh, and, and they created the turnover. Both of those guys, with their speed, created the turnover on the forecheck, and then great presence of mind for, for Dominic Takoon to, to drop it back. L- listen, you know, I, and I looked at the time on ice for those guys afterwards. They were, they were the second most, you know, they had the second most minutes among forwards for time on ice, and and, and I'm sure the head coach uh, of the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Rod Brindamore, well aware of that. And, and he's going to have important lines out against them, too. Um, you know, I, I really liked what I saw from the youngsters. Listen, both of those, two of those guys on that line are basically first-year players in Cahoon and Camp. And Alex Zabrinka, just a second-year player himself. So they showed a lot of poise out there. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned the, the draws that, uh, that David Kampf took. He ended up taking the second most draws of any of the Blackhawks centermen. So now he was out there in key situations. Unfortunately, he was out there in a key situation, the three-on-three that he might like to have back. But I thought that line was very good. Uh, they got their looks. I think they ended up, uh, what did I have down here? They ended up with eight shots on net, which was second most among the four lines. So um, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they're back together. Although, you know, with Brandon Saad coming back, I don't know where Colton decides to slot him in. Dabrinkit joins Eric Daze and Artemi Panarin uh, as skaters to score 37 goals in their first 100 games. And you look at it, uh, he had his more goals than, than Kane did, uh, Taves, Ronick. It's, it's an impressive start for a player that, you know, back when he was drafted, there were so many questions about, and he continues to check off one at a time mm-hmm. uh, that he is more than capable of playing at a high level at the NHL level. You know, Pat, you look back at that draft, 2016, uh, it was a strong draft, and especially when you talk about Matthews going one, Line A going two. But of those players, I, I think maybe the next, well, Matthew Kachuk went, I think, sixth or seventh. After those three guys, I think that Alex Dabrinkit, if they could do that draft over again, he would be the fourth pick that, of that amazing. year. And he was taken 39th. So, you know, give credit to the, uh, the Blackhawks uh, scouting staff, the amateur scouts, uh, headed up by Mark Kelly, who does a fantastic job. But really, all those guys. And Stan Bowman, because, listen, he's not a big guy. He's 5'7", 170, 180 pounds. But he's got that desire, and he's got that competitive spirit, and he's got that energy when he's on the ice. And we've seen it for a year and a half now. 
Uh, he led the Blackhawks in scoring last year in goals with 28. Um, he, he continues to amaze us. And, you know, he talked about his favorite players growing up being Stevie Eiserman and, and Stevie Eiserman, that guy with the never-say-die attitude. And Pavel Datsuk was a favorite of his, too. And I see that a lot with his stick on the defensive side of the puck. He never gives up on a back check, and he steals a lot of pucks that way. So um, it's great that he's only 21 because we're going to see him for another 10, 15 years in a Blackhawks uni. Get all of your Blackhawks news in the palm of your hand with the My Teams app by NBC Sports. The best place to stream the games, watch highlights, read articles, and more. Download the My Teams app today. So we'll see if Saad comes back in the lineup. Uh, been out with the uh, the arm injury that he suffered in practice on Friday. Rough week for him last week. Took a puck to the face. He ended up having to take 15 stitches and had some uh, dental work done as well. My question to you is this. Is, you know, how close are we to making a phone call to Rockford to help shake up some things and generate some more offense? It seems like that that's probably the next step if uh, if this group, you know, can't start lighting the lamp with some regularity. Well, I you know, I think you're right, Pat, and I think that's one of the advantages of having Rockford just an hour and a half drive away. Um, it's not like you're making a phone call to the East Coast or the West Coast and having a guy spend four or five hours on a plane trying to get here. Um, that can happen pretty quickly. And it can happen quickly for the coach as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. You finish and, up a road trip, can you get to Chicago yeah, stat? Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I look at the, the third and fourth line right now, and if they're not scoring, uh, they've got to be doing other things. And listen, uh, Andreas Martinson has been a, a bull on the puck. He's been hitting guys. John Hayden, I thought... Uh, maybe the best player of the game before in Philadelphia uh, in limited ice time. He was very good every time he was on the ice. But if you're not scoring or if you're not getting on the body or making plays, um, you should be interchangeable. And I see a guy like Dylan Sakura maybe coming up. And listen, he's not a third, fourth line guy, but if you put him in that role and maybe get him out on the power play, uh, maybe he does something for you. So uh, there was a lot of fanfare to Dylan Sakura last year. Uh, he came in, he, he played some games with Chicago. We all thought he might stick around longer than he did, but he did go to Rockford uh, before training camp um, you know, was over. So uh, he did not have a real good training camp. Apparently, the scouting report is he's playing okay down there. Do you give him another chance right now? Uh, you know, might, that might be the kick in the pants the team needs. Uh, we thought with the coaching change, there'd be a little bit of uh, momentum from the team. I think we've seen that in spurts. But bottom line is you need to score goals and you need skilled players to do that. All right, so upcoming, the Hawks have this week two home games against teams currently below them in the standings. St. Louis be the fourth meeting. Mm -hmm. And then on Friday, it's the L.A. Kings who are in last place in the West. Uh, Then they get a tough Minnesota team on Sunday. But let's, let's start with Wednesday and Friday. Um, I, I, you know, again, must win is a lot to say in mid-November, but when you look at the games that they have around Thanksgiving, the quality opponent, the fact that they're on the road, and I'm talking about Washington, Tampa, Florida, uh, they, Vegas is at home, they're struggling big time, but then they're at Winnipeg. I mean, those four road tilts are against perennial playoff powers, and they're all on the road. So 
you got to make hay against St. Louis, a team that we have watched. Mm-hmm. And St. Louis foot speed is is not there. At least it wasn't early on. That might be the air, the advantage the Hawks would have. And then you know the LA Kings obviously struggling. Yeah, but the, but there's a couple of other factors there. St. Louis, their coach is on the hot seat big time. Mike Yo, and of course with Joel Quenville now, uh, you know, sitting on the sidelines, Mike Yo's looking over his shoulder. And I'm not going to say that's that's going to happen, but uh, I think Joel Quenville is going to take some time off and just kind of to reassess things. But uh, Yo's under pressure. The St. Louis Blues might be the biggest surprise to me this year, uh, along with the Vegas Golden Knights. But coming in, I thought, you know, I liked what they did down the middle with that team. Uh, at a guy like Mike Riley, who is just, uh, you know, a phenomenal player, whether it's in the faceoff dot or, 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 or helping your power play, um, they have really underachieved. And you hit it on the head, Pat. It's, it's their foot speed, and it's their foot speed on the back end. Uh, Jay Bobmeister was a healthy scratch. I know once, maybe a couple of times now under Mike Yo. Uh, they got some big defensemen back there, but they're not really mobile. Um, I think maybe you can take advantage of a team there. The L.A. Kings come in with a, a brand-new head coach. John Stevens gets fired a couple of days before Joel Quenville. So they've got something to prove, too. Um, they just haven't found a way to score. They, you know, As bad as it's been for the Blackhawks scoring goals, it's been twice as bad in L.A., uh, and it'll be a first look at Ilya Kovalchuk there. You know, you mentioned that tough stretch coming up, whether it's Washington, Tampa, Florida, Winnipeg. Uh, December 1st, they're in Nashville. And Nashville's the best team in the NHL. Yeah, so, so, I mean, it does not get any easier. Murder's row. Yeah. So, uh, look, these next two games got to g- gather some points because, again, this eight game win streak, mm-hmm. uh, you got to see it come to an end because the road doesn't get any easier around Thanksgiving. Uh, great job, Steve, as always. Wednesday night, St. Louis is at the United Center. We will have Blackhawks pregame live from the concourse at 6.30. And you can tune in to NBC Sports Chicago for that. That's going to do it for the latest Hawks Talk podcast brought to you by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. For Steve Conroy and I'm Pat Boyle, thanks for listening and go Hawks. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.